You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football, we're the dudes that know football, and you've just crossed over into the Trend Zone. Casey here with Dave. We are the football dudes. Dave, are you ready, bro? Here we go! Love it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about, baby. And our next stop is the Trend Zone. It is Wednesday, December 13th. We're coming to you from Los Angeles, California. It's a beautiful 68 degrees out here. Mm, summertime in the wintertime. It is beautiful. <laughs> in today's episode, we will talk some fantastic finishes, a little parody, some super news coming to Los Angeles and we're getting international, Dave. We're going Southie, baby. But before we get to all that, tell me you have some tasty nugs for the people. All right. I will see what I've got here, Casey. Well, how about this one? Overall, in week 14, six teams won either in the final two minutes of regulation or overtime. An incredible 12 of 15 games worth in one score in the fourth quarter. And this season, 71.6% of all games have been within one score in the fourth quarter. Wow. And 50 times in 208 games, that's 24%. A team has erased a deficit either in the fourth quarter or overtime to win the football game. Crazy, Dave. But I feel like I'm building up a tolerance to nugs, so I need more nugs. Of course. And I provide... In this uh, 2022 season, it was um, 122 games decided by six points or fewer. That's more than any season in league history. This year, no more than six points have separated 91 games. That's the second most oh ever uh, in the season's uh, first 14 weeks, uh, trailing only 22 uh, by 90, 92. So it's one game behind the pace for the best ever uh, in terms of that stat. So unbelievable, as we say every week, so tight. You're telling me that there's a lot of good teams all bunched up together is what I'm hearing. That's right. In fact, in the AFC, Casey, 11 teams have winning records entering uh, the week 15 games wow. here since the 1970 merger. That's happened only three times. That's an insane number. Crazy talk. What about the NFC? NFC has six, six and seven teams. That's more six and seven teams in either conference through 14 weeks in any than any other year since the merger. Wow. Crazy, man. And what's even better than that, Dave? 30 teams are still in Super Bowl contention. That's the <laughs> most with four weeks to play since 2018. And 24 of those clubs, Dave, are either sitting in a playoff spot or with one game of that group. So you're telling me there's a chance. There's a chance, baby. We're all still alive. <laughs> and there's a chance for you to get the football knowledge just crammed right into your melon because the Trend Zone, this uh, podcast you're listening to right now, is available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're now on Amazon Music. So anywhere you need to get a podcast, you will find the football dudes. All right, Dave, let's get into some top trending stories. We know that Brock Purdy might be an MVP for those 49ers, but there's his teammate is doing maybe more incredible work than even him. Yeah, how about Christian McCaffrey, dude? The chance to be wire to wire. That is to say, uh, he enters week one. Uh, he's, he enters the week with 1,177 yards. That's 253 more than the next closest player. And McCaffrey has the opportunity, Casey, to be the first player in 28 years and only the fourth since the merger to lead the NFL in rushing yards every week of the full season. That's bonkers, dude. Yeah. He was far out, far enough out in front uh, that the bye didn't, you know, nobody caught him with the bye. I mean, this guy's like an F1 race, Casey. <laughs> He's like Max Verstappen getting out in front of everybody, you know, never see him, never see the, the back of his car after like two laps. You're talking about F1 like I talked to you about pop culture. It was like, hmm, the <laughs> little dog from The Grinch is Still Christmas. I know that guy. <laughs> All right, not to be a buzzkill here, but Dave, brutal news out of Los Angeles, man. Yeah, Justin Herbert, the superstar Chargers quarterback. Finger fracture, uh, had the surgery. That is a season ender. 
Uh, he's on IR, um, so it's a serious bummer. Uh, but kind of was adding in injury to insult as the Chargers let the game uh, slip away to the Broncos last week and uh, dropped out. Not out of playoff contention, obviously, as we mentioned, yeah. but out of practical playoff contention. And he kind of looked like uh, Jack Ruby with that hand in there. It looked like he had a pistol. He was going to go <laughs> stick up the, uh, the sideline guy. Give me some bubble gum. <laughs> and another season-ending injury, but on the defensive side for a different yeah. game. The Bears, Yannick uh, Ngakwe out for the season with a broken ankle. So, um, yeah, it's, it's tough when you lose a guy for the year like that. But, you know, a lot of time to re- rehab. No no rush for either of these guys. And that might be a good thing for the Bears that aren't necessarily trying to win games right now. So you take off one of your better, you know, defensive uh, pass rushers yeah. there. So Likewise, be... probably for the Chargers. Speaking of defensive pass rushers, dude, you made an astute observation on Thursday night football. Yeah, T.J. Watt gets whacked in the head on, like, the first or second play from scrimmage. I think it was the first play. Yeah, it was like Zeke's knee or something, banged him right right into his head, right? Pretty serious-looking head helmet contact there with the knee. And we know that's a a concussion causer. Well, sure enough, he goes to the sidelines, and then he comes back out. He's got a shaded visor replacing Hmm. the clear visor, and he's cleared to go. Wow. Hmm. I I would wonder why he needed a shaded visor. Was the light so bright suddenly? It's very interesting. I, I think yeah. it's. I wonder if the NFL is going to say anything about this because, you know, you bringing it up was the first I had heard about it. Kind of slipped me going the game. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Yeah, I did hear there's some kind of uh, inquiry as to, you know, what the procedure was to get him checked out through the process and see uh, what, why he was cleared to go back out on the football field. Yeah, you're not concussed, but let's go ahead and put some sunglasses on you. Okay. (laughs) Dave, I got a question for you, bro. Do you believe in miracles? (laughs) Well, Casey, I do. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Unfortunately for Al Michaels, maybe the miracle is coming to an end. Looks like the uh, NBC reporting is that he is, um, uh, you know, being sort of eased out of the playoff picture. Uh, Hey, Al, you're not on the schedule this week. Um, Okay. <laughs> Check back next week. Yeah. So Not on that looks, one either. Looks like Al Michaels was obviously unaware. He had assumed he was going to do a game, didn't know exactly who his partner was going to be, et cetera, et cetera. But um, it may be that the, that the Al Michaels ship has sailed. More time for him to see LA Kings games and hang out at the uh, horse races, which he loves to do. <laughs> Speaking of LA, super. Thanks for asking. After you have a yeah. sip of your vodka. Yeah, exactly. Mm, so good. Um, yeah, guess what? The owners have voted today and awarded Los Angeles another Super Bowl. Um, it will be after the 2026 season. Uh, it'll be February of 2027, of course, at SoFi Stadium. Dope, man. That's pretty cool. It's coming back around again already. I guess, will this be the a Chargers hosting? Was last time it was the Rams hosting? This will be the Chargers? <laughs> Let's hope so, right? <laughs> yeah, get in now, bad boy. And the next three Super Bowls, obviously, in Vegas this year, then New Orleans, and then up the coast in Santa Clara before it comes back down to Los Angeles. Dave, speaking of football in different places, football is finally coming to Brazil. American football. Ah, yeah. Ah, ah. <laughs> they, they know how to put on a monster event in Brazil. I'll tell you what, from some of the stuff I've seen, seen this should be a huge event. NFL owners approved the first ever regular season game held in South America. It is Sao Paulo, Brazil. And like I said, those guys know how to put on monster, huge events. So it'll be an NFL game there in 2024. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, dude. And it used to be like the teams didn't want to give up a home game because they didn't want to lose the gate. Now they're seeing how you market in these different territories. And they're like, oh, we'll gladly go down and be the team in Brazil that everybody loves. Yeah, no question. And, and you know, they the the other evidence of this expansion, Casey, is the fact that the international games are going up from four to eight games in 2025. So it's going to be like half a season, essentially, over there of worth of home games for the for the, you know, international tour there. Yeah. Awesome. And they're talking maybe Australia, Paris. It's going to be pretty interesting. That is becoming the new normal. Another new normal, Dave, is how close they're calling these offsides penalties. None other bigger than between the uh, the Bills and the Chiefs last Sunday. Yeah, 
And, um, well, obviously it was Kadarius Tony who was called offsides lining up in the neutral, well into the neutral zone, clearly from the telecast that we were looking at there. Um, and it negated a pretty awesome play from Kelsey to Tony, uh, for a touchdown. And, um, yeah, it, the, ultimately they're calling that thing, you know, but, uh, it was, it was pretty clear that he was in the neutral zone. It was just bad timing in terms of that. Maybe he was trying to get a jump. He, maybe there was, there was that play was planned. Some people were saying it was ad lib kind of looked like it was maybe something that they sketched up a little bit, but yeah. certainly the reaction from Mr. Mahomes was completely over the top as he was spazzing Absolutely. out on the sidelines. But I think in part that was because the previous week we saw a blatant pass interference that cost them a game not get called. And he kind of let the refs off the hook for that one saying, oh, this. And then you get to this game and it's such a minor aspect. It was offsides. There's no question about it. But yeah. we see guys lined up in the neutral zone all the time. We see right tackles kick out or even line up in the backfield and they let it go. It seems to be so random. We yeah. just need some cohesion and some consistency with these officiating crews. It is infuriating. And I am glad that Mahomes went back and apologized for his behavior, but I get it, especially last week after towing that company line. Yeah. And another thing that just popped into my head, Casey, and I think you remember this distinctly, it was about a month or a month and a half ago that a Chiefs player took his helmet off. It was a defensive player and the ref told him, and you could see it on the telecast, yeah. put your helmet back on. Well, last week in the games we watched, somebody took their helmet off, 15-yard penalty. Yeah. Well, how are we calling this? Yeah. Remember when spiking the ball used to, uh, in the play in the field of play, used to be a penalty for some yeah. teams? We see it all the time now, and it's never called. Never it's called. just we don't know when they're going to call the ticky-tack stuff and when they won't, and it is completely frustrating. Very infuriating. Yeah. Dave. I said I hate to be a buzzkill, but I'm going to uh, be a buzzkill here. Yeah. Some sad news. We had a couple deaths in the NFL this week. Go ahead and pour one out for the Patriots and the Panthers. They've been officially <laughs> eliminated from playoff contention. Okay. They must wish, of course, that it was Super Bowl 38 rematch, Casey, that you were talking about. But no, it's actually both teams mm. being out of playoff contention. Rest in peace. Well, if a couple teams are out, does that mean anybody is in? That's right. The San Francisco 49ers have, in fact, clinched a playoff berth, Casey. That's one team that's punched their ticket and will be in the tournament. And, Dave, counting the Niners, 30 teams with Super Bowl dreams are still alive, baby. There's a chance. <laughs> yes. handful of those teams, though, could clinch this week. Yeah. Let's go through them real quick without all the details. Okay, teams that can clinch are Baltimore with a win and some help. Dallas with just a win or a tie, right? Detroit with a win and some help. And Philadelphia with a win or some or a tie. And then also San Francisco, who's already in, as we mentioned, can clinch the NFC West division title with a win or tie. So all those right. are our, our clinching scenarios this week. Let's find out how we're going to get to all those games, Dave, because it is week 15, baby. Week 15? Yeah, week 15. Oh my God. Casey, it's slipping away! <laughs> slipping away, man. Oh, man. At least we only have 24, 25 short hours before we get a little taste of week 15 days. So I'm going to go ahead and get it fired up. Los Angeles Chargers at the Las Vegas Raiders. And the Chargers are getting to bring a field goal with them to the death room box. Yeah, thankfully we do have that. Uh, I'll tell you what, Casey, Chargers and Raiders both uh, at five and eight. Uh, they're not mathematically eliminated, as we've mentioned a number of times from the playoffs, but for all practical purposes, they are eliminated. And this is the second game between these two teams. The first one by Los Angeles. Uh, the Chargers coming off that loss to Denver and have lost four of the last five. And unfortunately, we mentioned it, Justin Herbert will be out for the rest of the season. So it will be fifth-year quarterback Easton Stick. He'll get his first start. In fact, as he went into last week's game, he had one throw in his NFL career. So he got a little action in the second half there. He was 49-3 and at North Dakota State. Uh, quite a winning quarterback uh, in his time there. Uh, too bad, though, in general, Keenan Allen's excellent season will be wasted. Uh, he's in the process of setting personal and franchise records with 108 receptions for the season and growing. He also leads the league in catches 
um, and has 1,243 yards and seven touchdowns. I think he's fourth in yardage. He's having a phenomenal season. Similarly, Khalil Mack leads the NFL in sacks with 15. You're not hearing anything about him because, of course, uh, with a 5-8 and eight record, you're just not getting any of that attention. Raiders coming off that loss to Minnesota and have lost three straight. Uh, and, of course, uh, interim head coach Antonio Pierce said they're still evaluating they don't, as far as I know, they don't know who's going to play quarterback. It's either Aiden O'Connell. He's been playing since week nine. I'm pretty sure my gut, my gut tells me they're going to stay yeah. with O'Connell. I believe his first start was against the Chargers, and he played well um, uh, in that game. Just came up a little short there. If not, obviously we would be pr- presume that it would be Garoppolo. Josh Jacobs, he's been banged up. He's questionable in this one on a short week. Highly unlikely. How about? Yeah. Uh, Colton Miller, the left tackle, questionable, and uh, defensive end Max Crosby, actually questionable Questionable in this one. Yeah, one I can do. hope, right? No. Yeah, and Devontae Adams has some sniffles too, so he might miss this one. So Thursday night without all those stars is not the look <laughs> that NFL wanted. And with the janky um, prime delivery, <sighs> yeah, brutal. Yeah, we don't want to get into that. You know, right, good though, Dave, a triple okay. header on Saturday. Yes, a triple header. Saturday NFL football. We like. Okay, we'll get this thing started, Casey, with the Minnesota Vikings at the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Bengals are favored by four and a half. Dave, before I get into this, I want to take a little mea culpa. I've gotten a little too sloppy lately, burying some of these teams prematurely. I know better than that. I've watched <laughs> too much damn football to know it's not over until it's over. This league is obviously crazy, and any team can beat any other team on any given Sunday, and it's very possible that a team on the outs will soon be in. Too many people and too many shows throw around words like fraud and trash. That's not us. That's not me. I will do better. That being said, both these teams are struggling, but they're <laughs> parallel, 7-6, and six, both without their starting quarterbacks. The Vikes are inside the warmth of that playoff bubble right now, and the Bengals are on the outside looking in. Yet the Bengals are figuring it out with Jake Browning, dude. Yeah. He's been very good. Back-to-back wins over the Jags and Colts, both teams in or competing for playoff spots. And like I said, I declared these Bengals dead last week. But, Dave, I am starting to believe the Bengals are one of six, seven, and six teams in the AFC. So – there's a chance if they keep winning games, it doesn't matter what their conference record has been to now or their division record. They're playing good football, and yeah. that will supersede everything else. The Vikes currently the sixth seed, but they just outlasted the Raiders in a barn burner. <laughs> Three nothing. Up next after this game, they host the Packers in between games versus the Lions. Going to be a very difficult road, but I'm not counting them out anymore, Dave. No, I mean, the, the Bengals conference record is the only thing holding them back. They're playing some good football. Yeah, and if they get ahead of those teams, it's not going to matter. So let's see what happens down the stretch. I love it. All right, Dave, the uh, the middle piece of this the, the uh, this triple header sandwich on Saturday is the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Indianapolis Colts, and the Colts are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Yep, and both these teams currently are 7-6 and six and in the playoffs as the 6-7 and seven seeds. Um, they both win the tiebreaker of that six pack of teams that are all seven and six due to their conference records, both at five and four. The winner of this game will likely retain that wild card uh, positioning for now, and the loser will almost certainly fall out of the playoffs with just three games up. Steelers currently the sixth seed. They've lost two straight after losing to the Cardinals two weeks ago and last week to the Patriots on Thursday night football, 21 to 18. Kenny Pickett remains out due to that ankle injury. So it will be troops for the second week Trubes. in a row. And the team has yet to score 30 points in a single game this season. And they finished with less than 20 points eight times. They are negative 40 in the point differential. Unbelievable for a winning Ugh. team. The stats on both sides of the ball are not good. The key to their success, the defense continues to thrive in points given up, ranking seventh at just over 19 points a game with 21 takeovers and a plus 10 turnover ratio so that's been the magic formula indianapolis currently the seventh seed they've won uh four straight before losing last week 34 to uh the 14 to the the bengals previously mentioned jonathan taylor has missed the last two games after having thumb surgery and shake uh shane steichen head coach there says he still expects uh to have taylor back this season 
Will he return for this game? Depends on how the week goes. That's what he said. I don't think so. Otherwise, it'll be Zach Moss, who's been pretty good the last three games. Can they rekindle the Minshew magic? Or will the Steelers' formula of a timely turnover and a late-game magic come through? It's going to be an interesting football game. And you're hearing lots of chirping coming out of Pittsburgh. Dudes thinking they can just show up and some kind of dissension within the ranks. You haven't heard that ever before during this Tomlin era. So there could be big changes in Pittsburgh, Big Ben coming, talking crap on them. So this is not usually stuff associated with the Steelers. Absolutely. No question. One of the flagship franchises. All right. Up next, Casey, it's the Denver Broncos at the Detroit Lions in the evening Saturday special. Lions are favored by four and a half. Yeah, and besides their Week 17 game against my Cowboys, I want to be stoked for these Lions, but they don't seem to have that it factor they had going on early this season. They've lost yeah. two or three and haven't won a game by more than five points since Week 8. And last week they got shut out in the second half by the Bears and went the entire third quarter without earning a first down. Oof. They have to clean up the turnovers. They have to clean up the penalties, and they must get Amon Ross St. Brown going again. Yeah. Only five receptions and 70 yards combined the last two weeks. Both losses. Shocker there. The good news, the Lions hold a two-game lead in the division with four games to go. They lead the Vikings by two games, who they still play twice, and have a three-game lead on the pack. And the Lions have followed up every loss this season with a win, except the last couple. So they got to <laughs> get this thing turned around. It is not going to be easy with those red-hot Denver Broncos coming to town. Yeah, just like the shine has kind of come off that Lions team a little bit, the Broncos are kind of in a reverse scenario starting the season one and five. They've won six of seven to improve to seven and six and second in the AFC West. They're actually in that six-way tie for the final two wildcard spots, but lose the tiebreaker and are currently the nine seed. Uh, they've been playing a lot better, obviously, beating some good teams as part of their revival, like the Packers, Chiefs, Bills, Vikings, and Browns. And most recently, that impressive uh, domination of the Chargers, 24-7. to QB Russell Wilson has continued to play well uh, in this winning streak. And uh, 224, two touchdowns and a pick last week. So nice game out of him. Defensively, that Broncos defense was horrible early on but they've played much better during the streak and creating turnovers has been critical during that Broncos resurgence. I think they were plus 10, 12, something like that in a handful of those games over a span of time. Okay. Then um, uh, they uh, now lead the league with 24 takeaways and they're plus six in the turnover differential. So in comparison, the Lions are actually minus six in the turnover differential. And as we know, when the Lions lose, they turn the ball over. Mm -hmm. That's what was happening in the Broncos earlier in the season. Clearly, that we know the, the effects of turnovers, right? This week's test will be slow down that Detroit offense that when they don't turn it all over has been really good all season long. Yeah, and uh, Broncos just sneaking up on those Chiefs, something you'd never thought you'd hear this season. I'll get a little more into that. When we talk to chefs. Yep. All right. Moving in into the early slot on Monday morning, Casey. It is the Atlanta Falcons at the Carolina uh, Panthers, and the Falcons are favored by three. Yeah. ATL dropped a huge game at home last week to the Bucks, and doing so also dropped from the four seed all the way down to the 10 seed and out <laughs> of the playoffs. Bruce. They are one of three, six, and seven teams in the NFC South, one of five, six, and seven teams in the NFC. After this Panthers game, they only have one more divisional game, and it's Week 18 at the Saints. There's a very good chance that this division and the final NFC wildcard spots will not be decided until then. Wow, that is going to be exciting. And obviously, this this is a game that the Falcons absolutely have to cash in Cannot on. Cannot mess around. Got to get this one done. All right, Dave, up next, it is the Chicago Bears at the Cleveland Browns. The Brownies, three-point favorites at home. Yeah, and the Bears have won two in a row, um, having beaten some decent teams in Minnesota and then last week Detroit uh, by a score of 28-13 to 13 at 5-8. and eight, And the 13 seed playoffs seem unlikely at this point, but the Bears are just one game behind the final wild card spot in the NFC, oddly enough, with that logjam that there is. The bigger picture is what will happen with the quarterback Justin Fields. With two high draft picks, they could choose a quarterback in the draft. Um, and reset the salary clock at that position, or 
they could draft a bunch of quality players to put around fields, especially if they could trade down and cash in on that. Uh, and will the coach and the GM even keep their jobs? It's interesting yeah. as we don't know exactly uh, what's going on there with ownership. Up next, Arizona, Atlanta, and at Green Bay. So some games on their schedule there that they could do some damage. Okay. Uh, the Browns have lost two straight had lost two straight before topping the Jags last week in an impressive 31 to 27 win. They've committed to Flacco for the remainder of the season and the stability at quarterback might be just what they needed along with that very good defense to make a legitimate playoff run. Now Flacco has started two games throwing over 250 in each of those games. And for a combined five touchdowns, uh, he's playing pretty good football. And unfortunately the Browns have lost their top three offensive tackles, Running back Jerome Ford is questionable for this one. Uh, so they're banged up in one of their strong spots, which is that O-line and running the yeah. football. But Flacco's given them that stability. Coming up on their uh, schedule, also some winnable games, but some tough ones at Houston, the Jets, and then at Cincy. So They're close, man. Brownies are close to getting in there. That would be a, I like that story with Joe Flacco much better than I like it with Deshaun Watson. Agreed. Yep. All right, up next, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Green Bay Packers. And the Packers are favored by three and a half, Casey. And interestingly, the last two times that a wild card team advanced from the wild card slot and won the Super Bowl, it was the Buccaneers in 2020 and the Packers in 2010. So an interesting side note. Wow, Battle of the Bays, Dave. And it's back-to-back <laughs> wins for Baker and the Bucks, And those wins have them back on top of the NFC South. Bake has been shaking and baking on the road, dude. Six road games with two or more touchdown passes. That's the most in the NFL. Rashad White, baby, coming to life. Last week, a career high, 135 scrimmage yards. He's looking for his fourth game in a row in doing that, going over 100. And he could have a big day versus a Packers defense giving up over 140 yards a game on the ground. Mike Evans, dude. First ballot Hall of Famer in my book, dude. He's got over a thousand on the season. First player ever to go over a thousand in each of his first ten seasons. The production is crazy. He's had a bunch of different quarterbacks. So yeah. impressed with this guy. And I could actually use more of that for my fantasy team. I'm going against this team called the Lightning Strikes. <laughs> Defensively, the Bucks are pretty good versus the run, but not so good against the pass. Bucks in a tough stretch at Green Bay. They host the Jags and Saints. And then they're at Carolina. So this Battle of the Bays is a huge game for both teams with major playoff implications. No question, Casey. And the Packers had won three games in a row before surprisingly dropping last week's game on Monday Night Football to the New York Giants 24 to 22 to drop their record to six and seven. Despite the loss, they're still hanging on to a playoff spot in that seven seed. It's very tenuous, though, as they're they are winning the tiebreaker in that six 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 teams that are six and seven. Every game is going to be a de facto playoff game. And, and it seems like that's actually been the case for this Packers squad for yeah. a while now as they've been trying to dig themselves out of that hole that they got themselves in. The loser of this game will almost certainly be outside the playoffs looking in with just three games left. Those games for the Packers are Carolina at Minnesota and Chicago. So some there yeah. that you know you can put the, put on that schedule as w's right placker packers playoff push has coincided with jordan love playing much better in fact on the season he's tied for fifth in the nfl with 23 uh td passes on the season wow. so young receivers have really started playing well yeah. for these guys too suddenly packers have a fleet of capable receivers christian watson Romeo dobbs jaylen Re- jaden reed and malik heath the two rookies coming along lately too. So they've got some weapons going now. Um, they, if they can put it together and could get those wins to get them in the playoffs, they could be peaking at just the right time here. Last week's game, notwithstanding. Yeah. And you know, last week they were without Christian Watson and Aaron Jones. If they can get yeah. those guys back into the mix right. healthy, that's a team. I don't think many people are going to want to have to mess with come playoff time. Yeah, they got And some... Musgrave for that too. I mean, the rookies. So. Good point. Lots of weapons there. All right, Dave, we have, sorry, people, New York Jets at Miami Dolphins, and the Dolphins are 12-point favorites at home. Yeah, and these teams are uh, in exactly opposite circumstances. The Jets are coming off an impressive win, and the Dolphins a disappointing loss. And the Dolphins are having an impressive season, and the Jets a disappointing season, right? 
Let's first the five and eight Jets. They've had some impressive wins that include Buffalo, Denver, Philadelphia, and last week Houston, thirty to six. Thanks a lot. Ruined my fantasy, uh, my survivor league pick. Right. Last week Zach Wilson though, twenty-seven of thirty-six. That's over seventy-five percent. Uh, a season high, three hundred and one yards and two touchdowns, no picks. A great game out of Zach Wilson. In fact, he was a uh, the player of the of the week for the AFC. Uh, yeah. Garrett Wilson, nine catches, one hundred and eight yards. Randall Cobb, his first touchdown of the season. Brees Hall, one hundred twenty-six scrimmage yards. I mean, where has this been? Right. I guess they just needed competent play at the quarterback position. How about the nine and four Dolphins? They've led the NFL in total offense all year, and now they rank second in scoring offense. How about them Cowboys? Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Last week, Monday night football, the Dolphins let one get away in Miami, giving up two Ugh. late touchdowns to the Titans. It's unbelievable when you look back at it, really, how it came together and fell yeah. apart, really came together for the Titans, fell apart for this Dolphins team. They still have a two-game lead in the division over Buffalo, though. But their quest for the number one seed took a significant hit. They were the top seed for just one week. And after the Jets, uh, you know, after that Jets loss, the schedule is brutal, right? Um, Dallas at Buffalo, uh, excuse me, Dallas at Baltimore, and then Buffalo. So at least with the two games uh, being AFC opponents, they have a chance to regain that top seed speculatively with putting together a couple of wins. Uh, this should be a, uh, a chance for the Finns to get back on track and show that they are one of the top teams and a legitimate contender. Yeah, and we're not sure what the status of Tyreek Hill is going to be. He left the game, came back, played again, but then late in that game, he wasn't in. So yeah, um, this might be a game that they decide to sit him, which will not be good because you have Waddle. Oh, yeah. And so that could mean big things for him. So I'm hoping Tyreek plays in this one. You mean day. double coverage for Waddle? Oh, great. <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, sit Tyreek. <laughs> sit Tyreek. <laughs> All right, up next, Casey, it is the New York Giants at the uh, New Orleans Saints. Saints are favored by six at home. Yeah, you mentioned that Zach Wilson was the AFC player of the week offensively. NFC player of the week, Domi DeVito, baby. And is, <laughs> there is it better, crazy or what? <laughs> yeah, is there a better story for New Jersey and these Giants and a nice homegrown Italian boy leading the Gs on a three-game win streak? Tommy DeVito, dude, has 100-plus pass rating in those three wins and actually has these Giants back in the outskirts of playoff town. Playoffs! Remember a couple of weeks ago, and like, never thought I'd hear Dayball saying, DeVito's earned the right to start. He saw something in this guy, and the team has too, because um, it is definitely a vibe. You saw them uh, on Monday night. The place was going nuts. Pretty cool. An incredible comeback win on Monday night after that Saquon Barkley fumble after the long, just crazy football, man. Both of those games were absolutely bonkers on Monday night. And if he could string together a few more wins, it could be enough to create some family drama. But Dave, don't <laughs> ask me about my business. Don't ever ask me about my business. As for the saints, they have been totally banged up injury wise and they've lost three or four and are the fifth out of the five, six, and seven teams fighting for that postseason in the NFC. Now, they are tied with the Bucks and Falcons, but have a worse divisional and conference record than both of those teams. But they play at the Bucks Week 17, and they host the Falcons Week 18, so they're at least going to have an opportunity to get back in that mix. Yeah, I mean, the Saints team, it's kind of like that division has been theirs for the taking, and they're just... For all of those teams, it. they've all yeah. had a chance and like nobody's running away. But that's what we saw last year, right? It came down to the final week. Three teams were tied or something. And it, yeah, it was almost been... a chance that we would have all four teams at seven yeah. and eight, but it, it didn't get there. It would have been so fun if it did, though. Crazy. <laughs> all right. Up next, we got a pretty good one. It is the former and the future mm -hmm. and the present. It is the Houston Texans at the Tennessee Titans. And the Tennessee Titans are favored by two. Huh, wonder what that means for C.J. Stroud. Hmm, yeah. The 7-6 and six Texans had been on a tear, winning four out of five before <clears throat> getting worked in the second half last week and stunningly getting blown out uh, by the Jets in that second half there. Actually, just getting blown out in general. 30-6, uh, to six. unbelievable. That was a serious blow to their playoff hopes as they're now on the outside looking in at the eight seed, losing that tiebreaker again to all those 7-6 and six teams. Um, only two teams in and four teams out. Adding injury to insult, the Texans are pretty banged up. Tank Dell already on IR. C.J. Stroud 
concussed. We're not sure what the status of Stroud will be for this game. Nico Collins and Dalton Schultz also questionable. Up next it, on their schedule, it'll be Cleveland, Tennessee, and at Indy. So plenty of chances for the Texans to show they're worthy of a playoff spot, but not exactly um, super easy route there. The Titans' disappointing season was derailed last week with an exciting comeback win over, over the Dolphins on Monday Night Football at 5-8. and eight. And the 15 seed in the AFC, they're not eliminated from the playoffs, mm-hmm. but they need a myriad of miracles to somehow make it in. This season is about getting some valuable experience for rookie quarterback Will Levis and other young players. And last week, Levis was great, throwing for over 60%, a career-high 327 in a touchdown. The week before that, he was decent as well. Um, Tyshay Spears, the rookie, had 118 scrimmage yards in this one. So great productivity out of the young guys there. The old guys, they were showing that they still could be part of this team moving forward. Derrick Henry, two rush TDs, and DeAndre Hopkins, uh, leads the, uh, Hopkins leads the team with seven catches, 124 yards in the score last week. So guys, those old guys still making a statement. Yeah, and dude, the Titans, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. When they do their Titans thing, they look great. That last three minutes of the game was outstanding football on both sides. And Levis just took it, man. And that cat was fired up. So pretty interesting to see what could happen there. And if C.J. Stroud can't go, these Titans, baby, will mosh. Mm, No question. All right, up next, the Kansas City Chiefs at the New England Patriots. And the Chiefs on the road favored by nine and a half. wonder if the hoodie's ever been a nine and a half point dog at home. It's hard to Um, imagine, right? Yeah. Well, Dave, let me take you back in time. It was 2019 with Tom Brady and these Patriots beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. Since then, though, it's been mostly tough times for the Patriots. The Chiefs has had some tough times lately, too, but a much different kind of tough, the kind of tough that the Pats would love to have. Chiefs coming off back-to-back brutal losses, but still the three seed with four games versus AFC opponents but just a one-game lead over the Denver Broncos, dude. Five weeks ago, if I would have told you that, you would have said, Case, get out of my nugs, bro. But <laughs> that's where we are. And rumors continue to swirl around the future of Bill Belichick. It's hard to imagine the Patriots without him, but it's also hard to imagine a Bill Belichick team eliminated from playoff contention with a month left to go in the season, man. It is a tense time for Mr. Bobby Kraft. Might be time to schedule a massage. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure he would enjoy that. <laughs> Take a little pressure off. Right? Yeah, yeah, ease the mind, ease the mind. <laughs> All right, well, let's move it on to the late slot against Casey. It's the San Francisco 49ers uh, at the Arizona Cardinals, and this is a big spread. The Niners are favored by 13 and a half. Yeah, dude, there might not be a hotter team than the 49ers. Winners of five in a row. There might not be a hotter player than Debo Samuel. His last two games, 288 total yards and five touchdowns. Wow. They also have the NFL's third highest scoring offense at 29 points a game. The NFL's number one ranked scoring defense, giving up under 16 points a game. I'm not really a numbers guy, Dave, but I think that's pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) See what I did there? (laughs) They've already clinched a playoff berth and are also currently the one seed in the NFC with wins over both the Cowboys and Eagles. Cards are coming off a bye and currently hold the third pick in the 2024 draft and a ton of questions moving forward for these birds. They did beat the crap out of the Steelers before the bye, which will only raise more questions to what the future for that current roster is. Yeah, no, no question about it. They have been pretty feisty and, uh, you know, play hard kind of all season uh, for new new coach uh, Jonathan Gannon. But, uh, yeah, don't know about those Cardinals. If they can uh, make this one a fun one, that, that will be a heck of an effort for, from yeah. them. Yeah, I mean, obviously they're better with Kyler and Connor yes. there. No Marvin Harrison Jr. would look pretty sweet out there. Woo. We shall see. All right, Dave. Up next, baby, we have the Washington Commandos at the Los Angeles Rams. And the Rams are six and a half point favorites at home. Yeah, and these commanders are coming off their bye, Casey, but they've lost four straight, dropping to four and nine. Last game, getting blown out by the Dolphins, 45 to 15. They got blown out the week prior to that, too. Uh, They are not mathematically eliminated. Uh, (laughs) It's a theme of the show, (laughs) right, uh, from the playoffs. But at the 14 seed, and two games back of that pack with six wins. So um, 
it would take a, a series of miracles for them to get in. Uh, but with some very tough opponents still on the schedule, including the 49ers and Cowboys, that seems really unlikely. On the bright side, QB Sam Howell has played well this season, uh, and it looks like he has shown he can be the quarterback moving forward for this team. Rams have won three straight before losing last week's game in overtime to Baltimore. So close. It was a good football game that we got cut off on. Thanks a lot, YouTube TV. Right? Yeah, they got to figure um, that out. Yeah, they do. Uh, but I digress. They lost that game 37 to 31 in overtime as we uh, tuned over to the Chargers local telecast. And that was uh, joyful. Um, at six and seven, though, the Rams are currently the eight seed. So losing the tiebreaker in that five pack of six and seven teams fighting for the wild card. Matthew Stafford has been great. Uh, since he's come back for that injury. And last week, Stafford had 294 and three touchdowns, no picks. Cup had eight catches, 115 yards, then three receiving, his third receiving CD rather, uh, last week. And then Kieran uh, Williams rushed for 114 yards. So they're cranking on offense for sure. And that's a good Ravens defense they put out those um, numbers on. The Rams offense should be able to move effectively versus this Washington's defense. That is 29th in total yards last in passing yards and last in points. So look for this one uh, to be an opportunity for the Rams to put up some good points. Yeah. And how about these Rams, dude? I left them for dead at the beginning of the season. Oh, and they actually too. have a ton of talent there. And this is another team in the NFC that would very be very capable of going into Dallas yeah. or Philly. Or yeah. San you don't want them sneaking away. into the backside mm -hmm. of that playoffs and suddenly spoiling somebody uh, that, that could very well happen. This team is potent. They're very, you got Nakua. They've been looking for that other receiver Ooh. for Cooper Cup. They had OBJ for a little bit, but this Puka Nakua, man, there's something special going on with those Rams. So, um, yeah, they're on the up for sure. All right, up next, Casey, it is your Dallas Cowboys at the Buffalo Bills in one of the better games of the weekend. Bills are at home favored by a point and a half in this one. Hmm, wow. Such a huge game, dude. Not only a two-time Super Bowl rematch, but potentially a Super yeah. Bowl preview that would absolutely destroy every Super Bowl viewership number ever. Could you imagine this being the game? Oh, man. Wow. Speaking of numbers, the boys have 10 wins for the third straight season, and eight of those have been by 20 or more points. A huge reason why? The MVP-type season Dak is having. Looking for his eighth in a row with at least two touchdown passes. He leads the NFL with 28. He, and Dallas leads the league in points per game at just over 32. He's second in passing, and he's also taking care of the ball. Remember, he couldn't read defenses and was too uh, mistake-prone, too many turnovers, just six ints on the season. He has two rising stars in C.D. Lamb and Jake Ferguson. If you haven't heard of Fergie, you will soon. His last two games, 11 grabs, 149 yards, a touchdown, and at least two players hurdled, man. If you haven't <laughs> seen the stills, get out there on the Twitter, the X, whatever. They're pretty dope. And CD looking for his sixth in a row with the TD catch. Second in the NFL with 96 receptions. Third in yards with 1,253. And is tied with his homeboy's brother, Stefan Diggs, for fourth in touchdown receptions with eight. Cowboys also increasing their rush yards per game. The last three, it's up 138 per game. Hopefully that's a trend and they can get this higher and take that. If they can get this run game going, they will have a legit chance at making a run towards Las Vegas. Defensively, number three in total D, number five in pass D, number four in scoring D at under 19 points a game. And they're only giving up 106 rushing yards per game. But Jonathan Hankins suffered a high ankle sprain against Philly. Team said it's not too severe, but the high ankle sprain, unless you're Trevor Lawrence, is usually like a four to six week type deal. Right. That does create a huge opportunity for rookie Mozzie Smith. And I got to show some love for Brandon Aubrey real quick. The rookie kicker hit from 60, 59 to 50. I've never talked about a kicker so much in a week of football, but <laughs> the dude has been a huge weapon. Um, and it's going to be a great test with a very good team that's got their back against the wall on the road. We're going to get the Bills' best shot. They're playing some pretty good football. The last four weeks of the regular season are going to make or break a bunch of teams, including both of these guys. No doubt, Casey. The Bills are playing some good football, coming off that big 20-17 to 17 win in Kansas City to the Chiefs with their 7-6 and six record and the 11 seed. They have been a big disappointment, but it's not too late. They're still alive if they just keep winning, right? Last week, Josh Allen, 265, um, two touchdowns, 
right? One rushing and one passing, right? Dalton Kincaid has become a consistent weapon with five or more catches in seven straight games for Kincaid. That's the longest active streak among, among tight ends and the longest streak ever by a rookie tight end. Last week, running back James Cook had 141 scrimmage yards and a receiving touchdown. That's his fourth straight 100-yard game, the longest streak of his career. And his uh, he's currently working his career high in scrimmage yards, 1,180 on the season. So really wow. starting to round into shape to be a really nice weapon uh, for these guys, that the, both Cook and Kincaid, that weren't there last season. Buffalo offensively, fifth in yards, fifth in points, and passing, and 10th in rushing now, where they really couldn't rush as much last year. Uh, their second-best team in the league um, on third down, too. So on defense... They are 14th in yards, 6th in points, and 11th in pass, but just 19th versus run. And you mentioned that Cowboys run game kind of generating more and more productivity. That offensive line has, in the last couple of months, it seems like, really gotten into shape and really mm-hmm. started being that that dominant line that, we, that we've seen in the past years with the Cowboys. And the Bills, obviously, are going to have a hard time. That's going to be kind of the key this game, I think. How can they stop the Cowboys running game? Right. Uh, Cowboys, of course, are going to be tough to beat. Uh, the remaining schedule for the Bills, though, if they were to drop this one, it's going to be at the L.A. Uh, Chargers next Saturday night, then New England, and then they finish up at Miami. So a couple of winnable games in there uh, sandwiched around uh, this Cowboy game and that Dolphins game to finish the season. I've got a feeling that Dolphins game at the end of the season is going to be a big one. Oh, yeah. They can afford to drop this one, Dave. Give this to the Cowboys. And then Cowboy Nation will jump on the Buffalo bandwagon to help them throughout the rest of the season. Okay, it's a deal. Great. Sweet. Okay, cool. Very kind of you guys. Yeah. Oh, this is another good game, Dave. The Baltimore Ravens at the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Ravens are three and a half point favorites on the road. Yeah, and the Raven, excuse me, the Jags rather have lost two straight, including the overtime loss to the Bengals two weeks ago and a 31 to 27 lost last week to the Browns and at eight and five, they're still in first place in the AFC South, but, and they still are the four seed, right. But with a, one, only a one game lead over both Indy and Houston. So wow. a, a tenuous lead there looked like they were way out in front earlier in the season. Uh, last week, Trevor Lawrence, two fifty seven and a season high three touchdowns and Evan Ingram tied a career high with 11 catches and 95 yards and two touchdowns. A huge monster fantasy day for him off somebody's bench. And running back Travis Etienne, he's been playing well. He's going for his fourth in a row with 70 or more scrimmage yards and his third in a row with a rushing touchdown. Also, wide, uh, wide receiver Calvin Ridley has been playing great as well. Just 53 yards last week, but two weeks ago, 103 yards and two touchdowns. Overall, uh, Jacksonville is tied for 12th in yards, ninth in scoring at 24 points a game, but just 24th in rushing. So that's their, their weak spot there. Defensively, they're fourth against the run, which will come in handy against this Baltimore team, which has got an excellent running game. And they're tied for 20 uh, in points at just over 22 points a game. They are excellent on third down, uh, ranking third, uh, sixth in the league, rather, but they're not as good at defending the pass. Uh, and they are ranked 31st in that category. Mm-hmm. So that is a real setback for them. Will Lamar be able to take advantage of that weakness? Um, and if the Jags lose, they could drop out of the playoffs. But the upcoming schedule is favorable. It's at Tampa, Carolina, and then at Tennessee. So it is a big, big game here. But if they can't get it done, they've still got a fallback plan. Yeah, you mentioned the Ravens. An excellent rushing attack. Actually, the best one in the NFL. Yeah. They are currently the one seed in the AFC, and they do have some playoff-clinching scenarios, but they still require help from other teams, as you mentioned earlier. Coming off that dramatic overtime win last week when Tylen Wallace took a punt 76 yards for a touchdown. Woo. What a game. Yeah. Lamar working on another MVP-worthy season. Last week, 13 plays, 75 yards scoring drive with that TD pass. And the ensuing two-point pass, both the Zay Flowers, to take the lead late in that fourth quarter. But if there is a weakness to this team, it is giving up leads late in games, which they did again last week. But if they can sort that out, this team could end up in Vegas too. If they do get there, they will have been tested. This game at Jacksonville, next week at the 49ers. Then they host the Dolphins 
and the Steelers to close out the season. But that Miami game could be for the one seed, but don't look to the fish yet. You got to handle these Jags first. Yeah, no doubt about it. This is going to be one of the premier games of the weekend. If the Jacksonville Jaguars can go out there and, uh, and play their type of football, you know, when they're hot, they're really good. Mm -hmm. And then the Ravens, even when they're dominating, they seem to let you sneak back in it too. So don't feel like it's over yet. If the Ravens get out in front, even with that great run game. I know it's weird. Yeah. All right. Moving it on to Monday night football, Casey, it's the Philadelphia Eagles on the road to play the Seattle Seahawks. Eagles are are favored by four. Yeah. Must win bird battle between two desperate teams, Dave. It's hard to call the reigning NFC champs at 10 and three desperate, (laughs) but they've gotten back-to-back beat downs by the boys and the Bay area team. Sorry. I ran out of bees there. But even before those losses, the Eagles were winning by the skin of their beaks. (laughs) They do look tired, but this is still a very talented team. Eagles are right there. They it's not far off, but they do look exhausted. The Hawks have dropped four in a row. Now, granted, two of those were to the 49ers and one to the Cowboys. But as one of the five, six and seven teams, their margin for error is razor thin. The bad news, probably no Geno Smith. Drew Locke was okay last week against the 49ers, but will need to be better this week. The good news, the Eagles D is not the 49ers defense and the Hawks have Cowboy Nation contributing a tsunami of Eagle hate for this game. Hopefully it helps lift the 12s to a victory. Yeah, I'll tell you what, the Seattle Seahawks were such a fun team to root for early in the season. Um, and everything was going right. And then this, this losing streak here, uh, and the way the season, you know, is finishing up, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of just all slipped away and fizzled, fizzled out for the Seahawks. The Eagles, obviously, um, you know, they, they need to take care of business here in order to continue to maintain their, their, their status there in the NFC. So it's big game. And if the Eagles do drop this, Mm. then, Ooh, there's some sketchy times coming, but this, game is going to make history no matter what because it's the first ever monday night flex game how about that Ooh, pretty that's cool. pretty cool i like that so many ways you can check out the football dudes the trend zone is now available for subscription on spotify apple Podcasts, google podcast amazon music stitcher blueberry wherever you get your podcasts yeah also subscribe to our youtube channel like us on instagram and facebook follow us on twitter also known as x at football la and make sure you tag us across all social media platforms and while you're out there surfing the interwebs go ahead and bookmark footballdudes.com that is gonna do it for this episode of the trend zone we're not the suits that talk football we're the dudes that know football for dave i'm casey and we are where are we dave we are out of here that's right.